Galatians chapter 5. Let your eye run down again to verse 13. For brethren, you have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. But by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbors thyself. If you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. For this I say then, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do that ye would. But if you be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, excuse me, vain glory provoking one another, envying one another. Keep your Bible open there. Let's pray. Father, just now settle us in our seats, settle us in our hearts, and settle us in your presence. Speak to us all, from pulpit to pew, everyone, in Jesus' name. Amen. We have looked at this, the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. This is part five. And it has been broken up, so uh, if you can't remember it all, I don't blame you, because I have to keep reading over my notes and sometimes listen to see where I left off myself, because it wasn't meant to be like this, but it has, and then it's been broken up for different things. But this is part five of the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. And we have looked at many different things. We've even looked at how, if you and I are able to walk in the Spirit completely, to live in the Spirit fully, holy, at all times. Now, let me stop there. There's not one of us is able to do that. That is somewhere we're aiming for. When you say walk in the Spirit, the Spirit's in us at all times. It is walking according to the Spirit, not allowing ourselves to creep in here and there, not allowing our own lusts or our own devices uh, and our own flesh to creep in. And so when Christ returns, when he changes this vile body, when he changes this corruptible body, to be fashioned like onto his own glorious body, then this war will be over completely. Because we will not have uh, the desires of the flesh. Now, we are looking at this, and we've looked at it for such a long time, I can't go into it all. But the last week that we looked at it, two weeks ago, we looked at adultery. We looked at fornication. We looked at uncleanness, lasciviousness. And then we looked at idolatry. And we looked at witchcraft, and we finished at hatred. 
hatred. Now, whenever we are going through this, I want us just to do, I've done this one other morning, and I want us all to do it together just for a few seconds. I want us just to settle our minds and settle our hearts. And I want you and me talking about every one of us, not missing one. Let us be honest before God this morning, in our hearts and in our minds. Let's just close our eyes for a few seconds and say, Lord, this is for me. Once you say, that's for him over there, that's for her down there, that's for that one across there, you know what you're doing? You're realizing then that it really is for you and you're deflecting. No deflections this morning, okay? This is for me. Lord, speak to me this morning. And I'm saying all of this is for you. Maybe something the Lord will lay on you this morning. Let's just close your eyes for a minute and say, Lord, speak to me. Forget about everyone else around you. This isn't for the one in front or behind or the side of you. Counting the, the pastor, counting the preacher this morning. So, Father, whatever you have to say to us this morning, we acknowledge it's for us. And, Lord, you will deal with our hearts accordingly. And so, Lord, let it be so. And even as your children, as we maybe fight or wrestle against the things you'd say, Lord, we know that you eventually, you will win the day through. And to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearten and and the sacrifice of lambs. So, Father, help us this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. The word hatred is ekthra. Ekthra is the word, or enmity. It's the word where we get the word enmity or enemy from. So, for example, we looked at friendship of the world as the enemy of God, James 4 and 4. Friendship is a continual friendship. That doesn't mean you can't be friendly with people in work. That's not what this means. It doesn't mean to say you can't be friendly with people to win them to Christ. That's not what it means. It means living our lifestyles as Christians like the world and being partakers of that in a continual habitual sense. And friendship with the world is the enemy or enmity with God, the ectra. It is the complete, and I noticed this for I hope this morning, we haven't a lot of time, but I hope this morning to get there. It is the complete and total juxtaposition of God's love. I'm going to say it again. Hatred is the complete and total juxtaposition to God's love. It is the opposite end of the scale. Where A is, it is Z. Where Alpha is, it is Omega, in other words. It is as far as the East is from the West. And we love to say that about our sin. From as far as the East is from the West, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. And Christ has when he died for us. But yet, hatred alone into a Christian heart, it's as far away from God as you can get. Sometimes it's hard to deal with. We struggle with it. But hatred is as far away from God as you can get. You can't say that I'm a spirit-filled, walking in the spirit believer and walking in a spirit of hatred. The two don't go together. It's as simple as that. The two do not go together. Is there times we allow things to annoy us and to gnaw at us? Absolutely. But we must overcome it in the Spirit. We must overcome it in the Spirit. We must see the love because love is the opposite end of how you're feeling when you're full of hatred like that. A real deep resentment and hatred. 
That is not of the Lord. It's not of the Holy Spirit. It is of the flesh. Completely of the flesh. It's of you. And the devil loves to twist that. So when we look at this word extra for enmity, we've looked at it. Listen, we're going to go, hopefully in a minute, to the love of God. The agape, or the agape love of God. But first of all, we have 17. We have 17 mentioned, named works of the flesh in Galatians 5. And the word hatred is the eighth one that is mentioned. We've looked at the others. Uh, uh, sorry, the, pardon me, the seventh one. We're going to look at the eighth one, the ninth one, and we're going to look at the tenth one, the eleventh, twelfth. And those five are very similar, but you can see they can manifest in different ways. We're not going to do uh, a lot around them. We're just going to mention them. For example, the next one is variance. Variance. What is variance? It simply means contention. Contention. It means strife. It means fighting. It means discord. It means quarreling. My brothers and sisters, when you and I are in contention one with another, when you and I are in strife, when we are fighting one another, if we are sowing discord about our brethren and our sisters, or quarreling one with another, this is the flesh. It is not the spirit. And if we continually, or some people claim the name of Jesus, and they say whether they're a Christian, but they have the most rotten spirit. They can't be saved with a spirit like this. I believe in eternal security. But I believe if you're saved, you're saved, you'll fight, you'll war, you'll struggle, but you'll overcome it. I fight, I war, I struggle. I know you think I'm perfect, but I'm not. Everybody thinks a pastor has it all together and he's no problem and he's no worries and he's no stresses and he floats around in a cloud because you want to see when he's preaching like he knows so lot so much like you know it's just a pastor goes home and he has to have the same uh, the same desire for God at home as he does in the puppet he has to have the same the same lifestyle here and the same lifestyle out there I war, I fight, and it's to overcome. So variance is contention, strife, fighting, discord, and quarreling. We'll not look at it, but if you write down Proverbs 16, verses 16 to 19, there's seven things mentioned that the Lord hates, and one of them is sowing discord among the brethren. The Lord hates it. It doesn't that the Lord says, now, don't do that, I don't like it. He goes, I hate that when you do that. Do you see if you go to another brother or sister's house, or you're sitting in uh, somewhere, and listen, we have to sort things out. We have to talk about things. But see, destructive things, not constructive, destructive things about another. Do you know what happens? you know what you're doing? You're causing the Lord to say to you, I hate what you're doing here. Now let the Spirit speak into that. Let the Spirit speak into that. The ninth one is emulations. What's emulations? It comes from the word zealous. And that's where we get the word zealous from. To be zealous about something. But here, it can be used in, a, in, a, in, a, in a, a, a bad sense. And it means envy. See, if you're envious about someone, it's the emulations between one another. It's bitterly jealous at the sign of another's good. Imagine someone, and they're doing good. Do you remember Joseph? 
I had this dream, brethren. I don't know who to tell, but you are my brothers. And I thought you would love me. And I had this dream, and the sun and the moon and the stars were in the bow down to me. She said, take his coat off and throw him in the pit. What did you do that for him, your brother? See, they were zealously jealous and envious of him. There's a thing, sometimes when you even reach a lost soul, you come and you tell another brother or sister, and you go, you know what, such and such is speaking to him, and they get, they get saved, isn't that glorious? Aye. Wonderful. Praise God. Now that Christian, in brackets, is saying that, but yet the angels in heaven are rejoicing. You're rejoicing. You've led someone to the Savior. And you're saying, did you hear this church? Such and such gets saved. And Good. It's not wonderful news. A soul could save from hell, brothers and sisters. And the angels are rejoicing. They weren't even redeemed. They don't even know what it's like. See the heart we can have as believers. See the heart we can have as humans. So the next one is wrath. I'm going to do an illustration. And I hope I don't need a hanky after this. Because I'm going to clean my nose out this is the idea it gives gives an ma- idea of a man something's annoying well oh, brother you know I'm speaking to you because it happens to me and I have to contain myself <laughs> that's where it goes that's rough <laughs> that's where it goes that's the idea it gives in this Paul says that's not the spirit See see that? And you get all pent up. He says, that's not the Spirit of God. That's what that means. And then you outburst. You let it loose. My sister, brother, if this is you, that's not off the Spirit. That is not off God. Eleventh is strife. One who is self-seeking. One who is full of self. Selfish. And they are self-promoting so they bring contention in because they want it for him, her, or their family. I want them to be in this part of the church and if I... If they're not dying on a cause of row, that's, that's what a contention is. Pastor Stevens here from Uri Church. Isn't that what happens? I want this one, and you want you're trying to spin place here. How do, I, how do we please everybody as a pastor? And they start contentions and rows and wars. You know what that is? That's strife, and it's the flesh. It's not of the spirit. Twelfth is seditions. You know what seditions is? There's three D's I've put this into. We'll not dissect them because we've done all these weeks on these things. Three D's. One is disunion. One is dissension against the leadership. And third one is division. I'll say it again. Disunion, dissension, and division. And see when the church gets that, a church becomes fractious. And the Spirit cannot move in the church. You know why? 
because the divisions, the disunion, and the dissensions against anointed leadership, you know what happens? The Spirit retracts his anointing. He says, see how you get on in your own then. I'm not going to be moving in your midst. So those ones, those five are together, if you want, grouped together. The next one is heresies. We all heard that word, and it's really a choosing of thought outside of Scripture, which is not scripturally based. Then we go into Galatians 5 and 21. The next one is, number 14 is envyings. It means ill will. If you have an ill will against a brother or sister, jealousy, spite, resentment, or discontent at another's achievements and possessions. That is envying. We know what envying is. Fifteen is murders. First John 3 and 15 says, Whoso hateth his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Now, this is very, very important. You see, when Paul is given these works of the flesh and those who do so such things, that this do such things means they are living in a habitual, continual life of sin. See, if you're saved, you'll have your struggles. But if you're saved, you'll overcome them. If you're saved, you'll go to the Word, and the Word will tell you what to do and how to do it, and you'll fight with it, but eventually you'll surrender and yield your spirit to it. You'll yield your will to God's because he is God and you're not. And the idea here is, is whosoever hateth, ekthra, where's that word again? Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding him. So if you have a hatred for him, a hatred for her, you know what? If you live in that lifestyle, you need to go back to the cross and see where you are with God. If you live in that lifestyle, if you live with that spirit, because it says you have not an eternal life abiding in you. Do you see whenever you and I are saved and blood washed and we know where we have been brought from, we know what God has done in us. Yes, we'll have our upsets. Yes, we'll have our, uh, our contentions and all those sort of things that happen in our lives. We'll have our flesh warring. We'll have the, the desires of the flesh that we must fight against. Yes, and we all feel and we live in the grace of God. We know that. But the idea is continually. See if there's someone and they're, they're continually bitter. Continually envious, continually in contention. The word says they're not saved. Because the Spirit of God doesn't lead a man and a woman like that. And they learn how to overcome it if they don't overcome it. The Word of God says you're not saved. 16, number 16 is drunkenness. We all know what that is. It's the word meth, eh? You know, we think of the word meths. Meth for a drug and meths, methylated spirits. You know, some drunkards drink methylated spirits. But the idea of it is someone who gets intoxicated. That's definitely not of the spirit. Number 17 is revelings. Revelings is the word comos, and it means to be half drunken. Ah, here's me thinking I was already to go out and get tipsy. That means half drunken. It gives the idea of revelry, revelries, drunken parties, 
or like street parties, festivals. I think of the Reading Festival, uh, the Isle of Wight Festival, the Glastonbury Festival. See all those festivals? And there's Christians who say, well, I go to it. They're full of uh, sexual immorality. It's, uh, it's full of worldly bonds. It's full of alcohol. It's full of drugs. And Christians feel at home in it. They say, no, 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 no. Do you think that you can go to those things and say you're a Christian, friend? You need to re-examine your life. You need to re-examine. I still believe in holiness. So those who go to those and such like, they that do such things will not inherit, will not be an heir off, it means. They'll not be an heir off. They will not be allotted a place or a part in the kingdom of God. That's what it means. Because they are continuously and continually living in this lifestyle. Where is the Spirit of God? Where is the Word in their life? And so Paul reiterates this verse by saying, I told you once before, basically, I'm telling you again. Just briefly, let's look at some of the fruit of the Spirit. We're not going to get these all done today. We may need to do one more. Let's look at the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, please. And verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Now, I've, talk, I've told you about that a couple of, of our first parts of this, part one and two, roughly, of what that means. Against such there is no law. In other words, in, as I started off, with, if we're able to continually, habitually, all the time, walk in the Spirit, live in the Spirit, and do as the Spirit commands us, and you know what we're actually doing? We're actually keeping the law. But we can't because we're human. That's why we live in grace. So if the law was able to be kept by us, then we wouldn't need Jesus to die. So this isn't a condemnation this morning. What this is, is this is an exhortation of, of the difference because we can't judge between spirit and flesh. Notice this. The word love, agape. What is it? okay. I've taught you this quite a number of times. I'm going to go over some of it again. It's been turned the love that God is. We think of agape love, we think of the cross. That's, and that's, that is agape love. But what is agape love when it gets down to the nitty gritty of it? How do you explain it? How do you express it? What is it? If someone says to you today, what is the love of God? God is love. What is it? Oh, it's agape love. You say, is it? Yes, well, what is that? There's agape love. What does that mean? How do we express that? How do we explain it? What's the love that God is? But what does that mean? It's a sacrificial love, like on the cross, but what does that mean? It's a love produced in the yielded heart of the believer by the Holy Spirit. Yes, it is, but tell me more. I'll give you an example before I'll give you it again. When we were in Bombridge, living... And I, our Jody was just a wee tote. Ellie was just born. So Jody's about two and a half or whatever she was. And we're walking up to the garage over the flyover bridge towards the garage. And the, the, the cars came down the, from the hill around the bend and down onto the bridge where we were standing. And we used to stand with Jody in her, my, up in my arms like this. And used to watch up around the bend for lorries coming. And she used to do this where we arm, you know, beat the, pump the horn. And the lawyer's going under. I used to see her stand there. And most of them, if they saw her, went, blew the big horn, you know. 
So this day we're there, and there's Jody in my arms, and she's looking up the hill. I'm up and around the bend, and she's fixed. She's just fixed on that bend, waiting on that lorry coming. And as I'm looking up and I'm waiting and going, boy, there's not too many about today. You know, I think it was a Sunday afternoon. We were going up that direction or Saturday afternoon or whatever it was. And it wouldn't be a Sunday afternoon because I wouldn't go to the garage on Sunday afternoon, so it was another day. So I'm holding her in my, I'm just saying. (laughs) So I'm holding her in, I'm holding her in my arms. She's fixed looking up the road. As I'm looking up, I look at her and I'm looking, I'm looking at her and I'm looking up the road. My parent, you understand how your heart just loves your children. Do you understand that, don't you? You understand how you, you, they don't need to do anything special. They don't need to do anything great. They don't have to be the, the most fantastic person in the world, although you might think they are. But you just love them, don't you? You just love them. And I'm looking at her and my love is just drawn out of me because she's there. She's oblivious to me. I might as well not be there. She's oblivious to me. She doesn't even realize probably she's in my arms. She's not even realizing that I'm probably holding her in my arms like this here. Or we head looking up and daddy's not even here at the minute. My dad's not there. I'm looking for the lorry. And I'm loving her. She's oblivious looking this way. And I'm just loving her. And out of the abundance of my heart, the mouth we speak, and I said, Judy, How do, you make me love, how do you make me love you so much? She heard her name. She, went, she looked at me and went, huh? What was that? We, we told. Huh? The Lord spoke to me there and I've never forgot it. Son, you need do nothing. You need not try. You don't have to be extra special. You are the way I want you to be. And I'm fashioning you to be like my son. And I love you. I, believe it or not, you, believe it or not, call the Father's love out of his heart. Just calls out. He and eternity decided before you were a twinkle in your mommy and daddy's eye. He and his own will and good pleasure decided to place his love in you. And it's never changed. It has never changed. That's agape love. So when Jesus died on the cross, it's the Father saying, Father, forgive me for my crude term of it. How do you make me love you so much? Look at Jesus. As much as I love you, he says, I want you, if you have my spirit, to love one another. But the flesh and the emulations and the envy comes up and says, But Father, look at him. Look at her. Look at this. Look at that one. (laughs) They get puffed up and the wrath comes up. He says, look at you. 
So the Spirit produces this love in us. Listen, here's something that old Richard Baxter wrote. Listen to this. And he's speaking about how we can, as, as Christians, how we can love one another even whenever we feel I've had enough of him. Who's ever felt like that? I have. I put my two hands on. I've had enough of her. <laughs> Richard Baxter says, Christian, think oft of heaven and what thing a saint will be in glory when he shall shine as the stars and be equal to the angels. And then you will quickly see cause to love them. See that brother and sister with their imperfections? See that brother and sister with their ways? Like you and I have. God's not finished with them yet. God's not finished with them. Yes, I know we need to see what's right. We need to know what's wrong. Yes, we must deal with that. Yes. But there are believers who are falling and being picked up by the Savior every day. And you're one of them. And I'm one of them. For those who refuse to be picked up, leave them with God. Pray for them. Leave them with God. Because I don't want to hurt someone that God may just love. And neither should you. This is a short one, and I'll close with this one. Because it seems to bring us into somewhere else. The second one is joy. Joy. We dedicated we Karis Joy a few weeks ago. And we looked at joy. But listen, joy is the word kara. It's, it's actually very close to the word grace. Karis. It's very close to the word grace. And that means delight. The Spirit of God brings love. When we walk in the Spirit, when we live in the Spirit, the Spirit of God brings love. Secondly, the Spirit of God brings joy. Brother, sister, can I... I'm not pointing anybody out. I don't know what to say to go to in case somebody thinks I'm pointing at them. I'm not pointing anyone out. But a Christian with no joy, I wonder, have they the Spirit? A Christian who... Uh, has a, a face as long as a horse sometimes when they come into church. I wonder, well, do I feed them a carrot or the word of God? <laughs> it's not true. The word joy is a word kara, which means delight. The Spirit of God brings delight. Delight in his word. Delight in worship. Delight in fellowship. 
delight coming to the house of God. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go unto the house of the Lord. The, the, the psalmist didn't say, I was sad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. What, pastor, you want me to come out on Sunday night? You want me to come out on Sunday night, really? I ain't going to have to take an extra hard tablet for that. Palpitation time. It's, I was glad. Lord, thank you for the freedom and liberty that we still have in this nation that we can come to the house of God twice on a Sunday if we want. That we're not hiding in a cave. That we're not under catacombs. That we're not hiding in forests. That we're not closing doors waiting on Gestapo coming to get us or some communist party coming to lift us. That at this point, and it is coming, that we, we are not like that but that we are in freedom and liberty. And thank you, Lord, that I can get up and have the health and strength to be in the house of God. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I was sad. Stop making your children your excuse. Or your grandma, your whoever it is. your aunties and uncles or your dinner party on a Sunday afternoon. If there's a thousand pounds for you, you'd be here. Isn't that right? It's not very quiet, now. <laughs> Don't make your hurt your excuse. Don't make anger an excuse. Don't make grief an excuse. Don't make sadness an excuse. You know why? For the Spirit will meet where his brethren, his children gather together, brethren and sisters in unity, and he'll bring joy. It's joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is your strength. It's not the happiness of the Lord, because hap means by chance. Hap means by chance. When we are happy, it's because of outward circumstances and situations. Well, if all, all our ducks have lined up in a row and everything's become good, I'm happy today. When I get out of bed and everything's looking good or you're getting ready to go out on a nice break or your, your job's looking good or whatever's looking good, you're happy. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being happy. We all want to be happy, but that's by chance. But when you come to the Lord, even in your deepest, darkest, dire moments, you're going to find that when God moves in your heart and in your spirit, the joy of the Lord is your strength. He's your strength in your weakest of moments. He's your strength in your weakest of times. It's the joy he gives. And it doesn't depend on circumstance. It comes from within. It comes from hearing the word. It comes from applying the word. It comes from yielding to the word. It comes from doing the word. It's when you're so low, you get on your knees, say, Lord, I can't, but I know you can. And he picks you up and says, keep going on, child, for I love you. And you find the joy in it. The joy of the Lord is my strength. 